0: We've been answering the question, how will we stand in a culture that is forever changing? How will we stand in a culture that is forever changing? And it's pretty evident that we live in a, in a society and culture that is always changing. Morals are changing. Standards are changing. But where do we stand, and how do we stand in the middle of all that? And so we've been looking in the book of Daniel, where we've been looking at these individuals that have had to stand up and stand out in the middle of a hostile culture, a pagan culture. They've stood out for their God. They've, they've still uh, stayed. Uh, um, uh, 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 committed to the Lord, committed to His ways, even though everything around them was against it. We, we, we saw where they stood up, they stood out, they, 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 they stood for faith, they stood for truth, uh, they stood strong. Uh, all these different things that they did all for God, all for their God. And so the question we've been having to wrestle with is will we do the same? Will we also stand in? in the middle of this culture that is forever changing. And so today, uh, in closing out this series, I want to ask the question, will you stand in the end? Will you stand in the end? I want to read a passage of Scripture to you, Matthew chapter 24, verse 3. Matthew chapter 24, verse 3 um, you can follow along on the screen if you don't have your Bible with you. But 24, verse 3 says, As Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately. Tell us, they said, when will this happen? What will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? And so the disciples are asking the question of the hour. They're asking the question then. It's the same question many people are asking today. When is the end of days happening? When is the last days? When is Jesus coming back? It's a, it's a question many people uh, ask. I, I know that when we talk about the last days or we talk about the end of days, uh, there are different trains of thought with that. Um, there are those of you this morning, maybe in here watching online, uh, that are just fascinated by talk of the last days. Uh, you're fascinated with what is called eschatology. Eschatology is simply just kind of the, the, the study of the last days, the end of days. Well, some of you are just fascinated by it. You read books on it. Uh, you watch uh, videos on it, sermons on it. You're just fascinated by the last days and the end of days. You, you like studying that. You love the book of Revelation. You, you're just so into it. Uh, and then on the other spectrum, there are those that may be in here today or watching online. It just, the thought of it just terrifies you. Like the thought of the last days. The thought of the end of days, the end of all things as we know it, it it, it terrifies you. And so because of that, you prefer not to even talk about it, not to even think about it. And the very fact that I'm even going to bring it up in the message today is making you a little nervous right now. And that's okay. And that's okay. There's different trains of thought in that. And then there are those of you that could probably care less. Yeah, I've heard about the last days. I've heard about the end of days. I've heard about the, the, the rapture of the church. Like, I've heard about these things, but, man, I, you know, I'm just going to go about my life. I don't really care much about it. It doesn't really affect me now. And so I'm just going to live my life, and I don't really care about it. I'm kind of indifferent to it. It doesn't really matter to me. I'm neither here nor there with it. And so, and so there's all these different trains of thought. And, and so no matter where you are on that thinking, the bottom line is, Here's the bottom line. Every single one of us is going to face the end of days. Every single one of us is going to come face to face with the last days. Every single one of us will come face to face with God. Every single one of us, whether you are fascinated by it, whether you're frightened by it, whether you're indifferent to it, it doesn't matter. Every single one of us is going to face the last days. It is. And so the disciples went to Jesus. They were like, well, Jesus, tell us, when is all this going to happen? When are you going to come back? When is the end of days? When will all this end? And let's jump down to verse 12 of chapter 24. He says, because of the increase of wickedness, this is Jesus again, the love of most will grow cold. But the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. Stop right there. So basically, based, Jesus is telling us there, kind of, kind of giving us an idea of, of what these last days will look like in the hearts of men. And he goes on talking about in this chapter, he talks about everything from wars and rumors of wars and uh, 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 pestilence and and disease and all these different things that are going on or will be going on in the earth uh, uh, in the last days. And I don't know about you, but as you kind of gaze and look around, as you look around in the times that we live in, you see wars, right, and rumors of wars. You see uh, a pestilence and disease. Like, you see disease, right? You see pandemic that we're going through right now. You see that the hearts of many uh, is growing cold. We, we see all these different things that are going on around us. And Jesus is talking about, like, like, the last days, you're going to see a lot of this. And so the disciples are saying, well, when is this all, all going to happen? And here's what I do know. Though we don't know the time of when this is going to happen, we don't have a specific time or date or, or hour when this is happening, I believe we do know the seasons. I believe we do know the seasons of the last days. And, and, and there have been many generations before us that have thought the same thing. Man, I feel like we're in the season of these last days. There's disease, there's pestilence, there's... there's Uh, pandemic, there's uh, evil in the world, There's, there's wars. Like every generation before us has started to see this. So they too were feeling the same thing, like is this the last days? Is this the end of days? Is this going to happen in our generation? And just like them, we are feeling the same thing. And though I don't know the time nor the hour, something on the inside just tells me like, man, we're just seeing the season of the last days. Now, I don't know if I'll see that in my lifetime or my children's lifetime or my great grandkids' life. I don't know exactly, but it's just looking around. You just see the season that we're in, and it gets you to question, where are we at? And so he says, uh, uh, the, the, the love of most will grow cold, but the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. Right? How will we stand in the end. In verse 14, check this out. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. Yeah, there will be wars, yeah, there will be diseases. Yeah, the hearts of many will grow cold. Yeah, all these things, you can look at the season and that's like the end of days right there. But that's not the tripwire for when the end will come. Wars and disease is not the tripwire. What is the tripwire? The tripwire is that the gospel will be shared around the whole world. And then the end will come. That's how you know that we are coming to the end of days. And we live in a generation of technology where literally now the gospel of Jesus is shared all over the world. Like even right now, as I'm talking, as I'm preaching to you right now, those watching online, like somebody can share this with somebody in China or Japan or anywhere on the other side of the globe right now. And that is the gospel getting preached all over the world. Right? That's, that's exciting. And so then the end will come. Verse 15, so when you see standing in the holy place, the abomination that causes desolation spoken of through the prophet Daniel, let the reader understand. And so now you see Jesus referencing Daniel, which we've been in over the last six weeks. And he talks about this abomination that causes desolation. And so let's go back to Daniel now, because Daniel, we're going to see some interesting things uh, in in closing out this series today. And Daniel, we'll be in Daniel chapter 12 uh, this morning, Daniel chapter 12. And while you're turning there, I just want to kind of get us up to speed uh, about Daniel. Uh, in Daniel chapter 9, well, all throughout Daniel, we see where God was giving Daniel these visions and these prophetic visions and dreams and interpreting dreams and all these wonderful things that, that God was allowing Daniel or using Daniel in. But in Daniel 9, uh, we see where, where Daniel gets this, 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 this prophecy, these visions, these prophetic visions. And specifically, we see in Daniel 9 that there are, uh, uh, and you can go back and read this. I'm not going to get too deep in this because I don't have the time to really get. It's so deep. It's so good. It's, It's a good thing to study. But in Daniel 9, we see that there are over 490 years of prophecy that Daniel is given. And Daniel shares 490 years of prophecy. And here's what's so interesting. 483 years of the prophetic word that Daniel was given have been fulfilled. 483 of the 490 years of prophecy has already been fulfilled. I mean there are things that Daniel shares in here one of the things that Daniel talks about is 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 the rebuilding of Jerusalem, right? Rebuilding of Jerusalem. He talks about this in this prophetic insight that he's given in Daniel 9. Well, well, we know that that in in Nehemiah, we see where Nehemiah is rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem. We see where Jerusalem is getting rebuilt. And so Daniel prophesies that in Daniel 9. And, And he also prophesies the coming Messiah. He prophesies Jesus in Daniel 9. This sin is going to be done away with. Sin is going to be eradicated. Well, Jesus did that on the cross. He he, he eliminated sin. He crushed sin once and for all. He is the ultimate sacrifice. And so he prophesies this Messiah, this Messiah that is to come. And he also prophesies his crucifixion, that this Messiah will be put to death. And so these are all prophetic uh, uh, insight that Daniel has been given before before this stuff even comes to pass for him. But then something interesting happens. Daniel also gives us prophetic insight that though the other prophecies that we heard him share, we we know have come to pass already, but there's certain prophetic words that Daniel has given that have not come to pass yet. There's certain words that, that, that he has shared that have not come into fruition yet. And before we move forward in that, let me just say here, I know there are different ways of thinking when it comes to prophecy, when it comes to prophetic words and all that kind of stuff, uh there there's this this uh, event that is called the the rapture of the church. That's where Jesus is coming back for his church. Now, there are some people that believe, there's some trains of thought that you're either pre-trib, uh, meaning that Jesus is coming back for the church before uh, the Great Tribulation, which we'll talk about here in a moment, or you're either mid-trib, that, that Jesus is going to come back in the middle of the tribulation and pull his church out, or you're post-trib, that Jesus is going to come at the end of this seven-year tribulation and pull us out. I don't know where you land on that, and I'm not here to Break down all those different things. All I want to know is if there's an early flight, I'm going to take it. <laughs> That's all I know. I don't know where you land on that, and, and, and you may—some you of you probably know, know way more than I do on this subject, but I'm like, Lord, if you're coming early, I'll, I'll take it. I'm on that flight. The rest of y'all can stay, but I'm taking that flight, right? And so Daniel prophesies This seven-year tribulation, this seven-year tribulation that's going to take place, and at the beginning of this tribulation, you're going to see this man rise to power, this man rise to power, which we know as the Antichrist. This man is going to rise to power and he's going to be loved and, 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 and esteemed and he's going to create this, this, this covenant treaty with Israel where there's going to be peace in Israel and everything is going to be good. They're going to love this man for the peace that he's bringing uh, in Israel and the peace that he's really bringing on the world. And they may even refer to him as this prince of peace because there's peace. He's establishing peace. He's establishing this treaty with Israel. He's he's doing all these wonderful things, and he's going to be revered and loved around the world at the start of this seven-year tribulation. And everything is going to go really, really well. And then three and a half years into this seven-year tribulation, everything's going to go different. This man who rises to power, this Antichrist, is going to break this treaty with Israel. He's going to break this peace agreement that he had with Israel. He's going to break it, and he's going to move himself over to to Israel, to Jerusalem, the the holy place. And it's in the middle of the seven-year tribulation that he's going to establish himself as a God. And Jesus talks about this. Uh, abomination of desolation and what that is 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 that this 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 man is going to go to the temple the holy place and he's going to make that his throne he's going to set up maybe a statue of some sort and he's going to demand worship from people he's going to demand worship from the world. And there's going to be tremendous persecution that falls on the Israelites and on Jerusalem and and, and tremendous persecution that falls on people who are followers of Jesus. And he's going to bring about all this persecution and hard times in this second half of the seven-year tribulation. Are y'all still with me? Okay, so, so he establishes this, this, this statue, demands worship. Uh, some many believe that he's going to try to uh, uh, do away with and terminate all organized religion because he's the one that wants to be worshipped. He's the one that wants ultimate allegiance from everyone around the world. And he's going to set this up in the middle of this seven-year tribulation. And it's going to be pretty bad. It's going to be pretty dark. But here's the thing I want you to get. And I don't want you to be afraid. And I don't want you to be concerned. I don't want you to be worried or any of that for those of us that are in Christ Jesus. Because at the end of this seven year tribulation, this is the moment where Jesus is going to step back on the scene. And he's going to be like, man, you've got this all twisted. I'm going to expose you for who you really are. And Jesus is going to come back. He's going to take this antichrist and all those that chose to follow him, all those that chose to give allegiance to him, and he's going to cast them into this lake of fire. And he's going to destroy them. And Jesus is going to reign supreme over the world. Jesus is going to be seen as the ultimate in authority. Jesus is going to be seen as the ultimate king. It's a a great thing to to, to think about and to celebrate, isn't it? That, that, That at the end of it all, Jesus is going to be like, okay, you've had your fun. I've let you do what you needed to do. But now here I am to establish what really is, that I am the ultimate king. I am the ultimate here. And this Antichrist and his his forces and his demonic forces will be destroyed. And Jesus establishes himself as king. And so that's this seven-year tribulation that that is prophesied in the book of Daniel chapter 9. And that, that type of story and that type of uh, uh, event or that type of news I know can cause some concern for people. And that's where people get kind of concerned and frightened. They're like, man, that's kind of scary to me. I don't really, I don't like thinking about that. I don't like reading about that. I don't like watching movies about that. Like, it just The thought of it just seems too real and too scary to me. Well, if that is you this morning, let me, let me encourage you today that you don't have to be scared. You don't have to be frightened. So let's continue reading Daniel chapter 12, verse 1. And we're going to answer the question, will you stand in the end? Will you stand in the end? Daniel chapter 12, let's begin reading at verse 1. At that time, Michael, the great prince who protects your people, will arise. There will be a time of distress such as not happened from the beginning of nations until then. But at that time, your people, everyone whose name is found written in the book will be delivered. Stop right there. So the Bible tells us that that, that when when we come to salvation in Jesus, that our names are written on the Lamb's book of life, right? And so this messenger comes to Daniel and says, look, There will be times of distress. There will be dark seasons that we've never seen on the face of the earth. But at that time, your people don't have to worry, Daniel, because everyone whose name is found written in the book, what book? The Lamb's book of life will be delivered. And for those of you that are in Christ Jesus, you don't have to fear the last days. You don't have to fear the end of days. You don't have to fear the end times. You don't have to fear the Antichrist. You ain't got to fear those things. Why? Because my word tells me that we will be delivered. Say delivered. We will be delivered. Multitudes who sleep in the dust of the earth will awake, some to everlasting life, others to shame and everlasting contempt. Those who are wise, say wise, those who are wise will shine like the brightness of the heavens and those who lead many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. But you, Daniel, roll up and seal the words of the scroll until the time of the end. Many will go here and there to increase in knowledge. And so it's just a reminder to those of us in Christ Jesus that we will be delivered. A reminder to those of us in Christ Jesus that we don't have to be afraid, that we don't have to be scared. Now, that's comforting to know because, see, there's a lot about eschatology or the study of the last days that, that we don't understand and we don't fully know or fully grip and understand. And, and let me just tell you this this morning. Uh, there will p- be people that will uh, come to you or that you will hear, and they will, f- they, they will act like they know exactly when Jesus is coming back. They'll tell you things like, man, you know what? I know when Jesus is going to return. I know when Jesus is coming back. And if you encounter somebody like that, I want you to lovingly uh, look at them in the eye and just say, I don't believe you because they don't know. Jesus himself said, I don't even know the time nor the hour. How are you going to know something Jesus doesn't know? And so, and so we, we, there, there's a lot we still got to figure out and a lot we still don't fully understand about the last days because it hasn't happened yet or these things haven't happened yet. But all I do know is that however it pans out, those of us in Christ Jesus will be delivered. We will be delivered. Let's go down to verse 8. This is Daniel's response. I heard, but I did not understand. Let's stop right there for a moment. Like that's pretty real, Right? Some of you are saying that right now. Chris, I hear you, but I'm not understanding you. Like, we need to put that on a T-shirt. I heard you, but I didn't understand you. And so Daniel's saying, I heard, but I didn't understand. So I asked my Lord, what will the outcome of all this be? Like, what, what is all this? He replied, go your way, Daniel, because the words are rolled up and sealed until the time of the end. Many will be purified, made spotless and refined, but the wicked will continue to be wicked. None of the wicked will understand, but those who are wise, say wise, but those who are wise will understand. From the time the daily sacrifice is abolished and the abomination that causes desolation is set up. We talked about what that was. There will be 1,290 days. Bless is the one who waits for and reaches the end of the 1,335 days. As for you, now this is his response to Daniel. As for you, go your way till the end. You will rest. And then at the end of the days, you will rise to receive your allotted inheritance. See, what do we know about Daniel, right? We've been going through the book of Daniel. We've been talking about Daniel for these last six weeks. What we do know is that Daniel has demonstrated, like, like, extraordinary faithfulness to his God throughout his entire life. We see where Daniel, above everybody else, served God in a pagan culture, a culture that was hostile towards God. We see that Daniel obeyed God regardless of the outcome, even if that meant the taking, uh, that they were going to take his life. He remained faithful and obeyed God. We see where Daniel stood up to kings and spoke out to kings in truth when needed to be. We see where Daniel stood in faith. He stood in faith where others around him even when they wanted to take his own life. We see where Daniel was a man of prayer and he was a man of fasting. And ultimately we see where Daniel served many kings and he saw many kings rise and fall in his time in Babylon. But his ultimate allegiance and his ultimate authority and his ultimate worship was to his heavenly king. Daniel stood for God. And what was the result of his standing for God? The angel tells him You will rest. You will rest. And then at the end of the days, you will rise to receive your allotted inheritance. And I think we need to take some cues from Daniel in this sense is that, man, we've seen the life that Daniel has lived in the midst of this culture, in the midst of this pagan culture, in this society that is always changing, how he stood up, even in the middle of all of that, he stood for his God. And I would say that for us this morning, that if we too would stand for our God in the middle of a culture that is forever changing, we too can rest. We too can rest. And at the end of days, we too can rise and receive our allotted inheritance that has been designated for us in Christ Jesus. So we don't have to be afraid. We don't have to be worried. We don't have to always be wondering what's around the corner. Is this the last days? Is this the end of the days? Oh, my God, what's going to happen? Oh, my God, what's, I don't know what to do. I, we don't have to panic. Why? Because my word tells me we will be delivered. And I don't know about you, but I believe this word to be true. I believe every word in this book. And if it tells me I'm going to be delivered, then I'm going to be delivered. That's all I know. coming. That day will bring about the destruction of the heavens by fire and the elements will melt in the heat. And so now we see here again this talk of these last days and the question, how should we live? If this is the season of the end, if this is the season of the last days, then then how are we supposed to live, live? It says you should live holy, godly lives as you look forward to the day of God living holy and godly lives. 1 Thessalonians five twenty three. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. And may your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Like, like I'm just giving us the steps here. How will you stand in the end? I'm giving you the blueprint. I'm giving you what we need to be doing in these last days. If this is the season that we, 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 we think it is or that we feel it is, then, then how are we to live? Well, here's the blueprint. We are to live uh, uh, blameless. At the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, that means our spirit, our soul and body, everything about us to be living blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So what does that mean for us? Number one, if you're taking notes, write this down. We in these last days, if we're going to stand in the end, we must truly follow God and not the culture. We must follow God and not the culture the culture see many of us are allowing the culture to lead us and to dictate where we go and how we live our lives we're being run by culture right now as we speak because of social media wherever wherever the culture is leading us well that's what I believe and that's how I live and that's how I move forget all that what does God say what does God say then how should we should live Because see, culture's always changing. Culture's always shifting. Culture's culture's always moving and shifting here and there. But God is the only one that remains solid. He's the only one that remains steadfast. And he's the only one that we should follow. So how do we stand in the end? Man, follow God and not the culture. Because the culture is always going to be shifting and changing. Follow God and not the culture. Matthew 24, 42. Therefore, keep watch because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. Again, giving us this blueprint, right? Given us this blueprint and how we are to stand in these last days, in the end. Keeping watch because you do not know on what day the Lord will come. Not only must we follow God and not culture, but number two, write this down. We must be ready for Christ's return. Jesus is coming back whether you believe it or not. And we must be ready for his return. We must be ready. We must keep watch. Be alert. Be aware. I always tell people this when they ask me, when do you think Jesus is coming back? When do you think the rapture of the church is going to happen? When and I say, you know what? I don't know the time nor the hour. Like Jesus said, I don't know when he's coming back. But you know what? I sure live my life today like he's coming tomorrow. Because we don't know. We don't know. I just want to be aware. I want to be alert of His coming. I don't want it to be on the back burner somewhere, man. I want to live my life as if He's coming at any minute, in any moment. We must be ready for Christ's return. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 15 says this, Be careful then how you live, not as unwise but as wise. Say wise making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. One of the common words we've been seeing throughout our time together is wise. Meaning we have to, we have to adopt this lifestyle of wisdom. See, knowledge is one thing. Knowledge is one thing. Knowledge is is, is you gaining information and getting all this information. But wisdom is the ability to apply it. Right? You can gain all this knowledge. You can sit here and listen to me today and be like, oh, that's interesting information. Let me write that down for later. And just just interesting knowledge that I can can keep or that I can share with somebody. But it's, it's wisdom when you take what is given to you and apply it. And so what is, the, what, is the, 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 what is Paul saying here? He said, be careful then how you should live, not as unwise, but as wise. Making the most of every opportunity. So what does that mean? How are we to stand in the end? Man, number three, write this down. We've got to make the most of this life that we live. Every single day that we wake up in the morning, we've got to say and make the decision that today is the day we're going to make the most of this day. We're going to make the most of it. We're going to be careful how we live. We're not going to be unwise. We're going to live according to wisdom. We're going to make the most of every opportunity because these days are evil. How many of you would agree that we live in days that are pretty evil? But we've got to make the most of this life. Because we don't know what's coming this afternoon. We don't know what's coming this evening. We don't know what's coming tomorrow. We don't know what we'll be facing in this next week or so. We don't know what's going to be happening. But all we know is that we've been given instructions by God to live as people of wisdom in these last days. Because they're coming. These last days are coming. These last days, it, 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 the season sure looks like it's the last days. The season sure looks like it's the end of days. and But we don't know exactly when that's going to be. All we know is I've got to live for today. I've got to make the most of today. I've got to love Jesus like never before. I've got to live for Jesus like never before. I've got to share Jesus like never before. Make the most of this life. And, and, and another thing that does for us is this. Hopefully it puts some urgency in you to be men and women who truly share our faith with others. Like everything I just told you here, if you believe it, I'm not even assuming everybody here believes it. Like I could have said all this stuff in, in for 30 minutes or so, and you can sit here and listen to them like, oh, yeah, that's an interesting story, but I don't know if that's really going to happen. And if that's you this morning, then that's you. There's nothing I can say otherwise to convince you otherwise. I just can't do it. All I need to tell you this, if you are one that believes this, If you believe the Word of God, if you believe what it says is true, and you believe that that even in these last days that we don't have to be afraid because our names are written in the Lamb's book of life, and every name that is written in the Lamb's book of life, every person will be delivered. If you truly believe that, then why aren't we urgent enough, and why aren't we moving enough to say, I know people whose names aren't written in that book? I have family members whose names aren't written in that book. I have co-workers whose names aren't written in that book. I have people I call friends whose names aren't written in that book. And many of them are living life clueless. Some don't even know there was a book. And here you are, here we are, People who live according to this truth. And we could be working right next to someone. Breaking bread with somebody right next to us. Sharing lunch with somebody. Sharing coffee with somebody. People we call friends. People that we love. People that we care about. How can we go on living life being okay that our name is written in the book but theirs isn't? How can we go on living through life knowing that in these last days, it's all good. I'm going to be delivered, but they won't. Make the most of this life. One of the ways we make the most of this life is sharing Jesus with people who do not know him.